Hi to all amazing sensitive minds and welcome to the 10th episode of the Great Sensitive Mind podcast. I am happy to continue my episodes about topics concerning HSPs. With today's episode, I want to start with a bigger topic on its own, but divide it into smaller parts after. This topic is occupation. And today I will focus on the general matters of highly sensitive people and their relationship with work. But before I start, here are my few usual notes. First, I recommend to continue with my trailer episode zero, where you can learn about my podcast in general and then follow up with the rest of the episodes if you started with this episode as first. Secondly, when talking about highly sensitive people, I am taking a lot of information from books and websites about this trait, mostly written by Dr. Elaine Aron. Many of you know that I am always putting the sources into the description and today's one is not any different. And the final note, when I say HSPs, I mean the highly sensitive people. I divided this episode into following parts. Firstly, I'm going to describe closer the general relationship with HSPs and their careers and occupations. After that, I will talk about the struggle that can come with finding a job that can bring us more than just a salary or the struggle in workspace in general. And at the end, I will give you some tips or suggestions how to change your situation if you find certain parts of it challenging, not just with finding the right job, but also staying in it and not burn out. This topic is actually at this given moment very good one because I can relate to many of the upcoming points as I've had to make some choices regarding my job path recently so I can give more insight from my perspective as well. Also at the beginning I always must say that I cannot give you the same answer to your questions and there will never be only one straight solution for everyone. So I will try to find as much possibilities as I can, but please bear in mind that I won't mention everything. Now let's first look at the highly sensitive people and their trait characteristics in the work environment. Of course, in our life, we are naturally surrounded by different types of environments and naturally each of them have a particular energy or atmosphere attached to, so to speak. Our behavior at home with family, with partner alone, with group of friends or at work can change a lot, which is absolutely normal. So as we started to look at the closer relationships in my previous episodes, now it's time to look at the work where the circles of our acquaintances are getting bigger and bigger, which brings various new interactions and relationships with it. For the start, let me remind you of some of our amazing trait characteristics that are certainly present even while we are in working situation. I am using the DOES model. D stands for the depth of processing, which means that at work we process the information we are given much more deeply. 
We remember details, connect things together, get the relevance, simply add more to the information and not to process it only on its own. In working space, it can be a great quality as we can easily connect parts, understand situations and see as much the overalls as the interlinks in between. With O comes the mostly less pleasant part of overstimulation. Well, given the previous characteristic, it's obvious that with thinking or even overthinking and in general activating our brain more comes the additional feeling of too much stimulation which can lead to feeling overwhelmed, tired or exhausted. And with that much needed break or pause. We can notice that we are not comfortable in the meetings when too much people talk at one time or when there is an uncomfortable noise in the office which doesn't allow us to fully focus. E is for emotional reactivity. Now this in the workplace can be both handy and hard. As I mentioned at the beginning and we'll talk about it later, your colleagues don't automatically become your friends just because you share a space and spend some time together. Even though it seems to be often required, it just doesn't have to always match. We must remember that the workspace should be about the interests of the work itself and not sharing personal details. Even though, as we later discover, there are many situations where for us as HSPs, it's important to feel connected to the people we work with and can somehow emotionally interact. Elaine also mentions empathy as a part of the main aspects of high sensitivity. Again, if we know how to use it at work, it can be very handy, but we should not exaggerate with it. And lastly, under S lies sensing the subtle. This is a great strength for us while working. We can excel in searching or finding details, focusing on subtleties that other may easily overlook, overviewing documents or work in general done by others to see if there are no mistakes or nothing has been forgotten. We can also use this when noticing moods or feelings of other colleagues and guess that that time is probably not the best to bring up more tasks on their desk, etc. We cannot forget that the society has a history which also relates to certain customs and habits used in choosing one's occupation. Not that long time ago, and it still remains as a smaller section within the society, the most common way for someone to find an occupation would be to simply continue with what their family has been doing in the past. That's why we have many family businesses. It was normal that the son did what his father had done before him. With society evolving came more and more options for jobs to choose from, of course. Yet we still can see signs of better jobs or not stable jobs in the eyes of society. 
Even now, you may be prejudged by your family or friends when choosing a career that is, in their opinion, not optional. There are also different types of educational systems that sometimes lead you to make a decision about your occupational future, even though you may not be sure what your ideal occupation should look like. All of these can bring us into a situation when we may doubt or simply not be comfortable with our choices. And because we may feel more pressure to stay rather than leave, we may end up in a difficult place. I was, for example, led by basic education to a choice that I thought would be the only one I would focus my career on. During my first year at the university, I realized that this path was not for me, so I changed the direction slightly. But even now, I realize that inside me I have other passions and interests, which at my school time I didn't see as my job possibility, simply because I didn't have the proper education behind it. Only now I realize that there is no problem with keeping learning new things and even change direction slightly again. I learned that title isn't everything as I thought and making bolder moves by adding new skills doesn't harm anything. The history has been as it has been mainly because of the fact that people have been working for a simple reason, to obtain some kind of remuneration, mostly money of course, for their living. That's why we also use the expression what do you do for living, right? Only recently we started to have more and more choices and much easier conditions to choose something more interesting for us. There is also another point of view I want to mention. You have a full right to divide your time into the activities that you enjoy and find as your calling, something you are passionate about or you feel it can bring an additional value to your life. And with that, have a simple job that will bring you the necessary remuneration. And there is of course nothing wrong about it. But for those who feel they need a bit of help in their decisions on finding jobs or simply improving the situations in their current job, I may have some tips. After all, we should all feel right in the space we spend some time in our life and feel right about what we are doing. Which of course doesn't mean that I suggest everyone to take something easy and only for fun. There always has to be a nice balance. I believe that it all lies within the managing of our priorities. We should look at pros and cons and yeses and nos in particular cases that relate to work. These factors can be, for example, what reward system does work for us the best. It is the amount of money we gain for work. Is it the pleasant working conditions we will have in the position? Or do we want to work with a great team of people where we feel trusted and respected? How many hours do we have to work and is it really the adequate amount to our workload? 
Is it the office environment where we should feel safe working in? Can we see a growing career path and developing our skills and knowledge? Will this job simply give us a positive feeling that we are making a particular impact to the world, etc.? Each of us may probably think of more and most likely have a combination of all of these mentioned in their mind. And of course, these factors and how much we change our priorities can evolve during our life. In my previous experience, I can say that it can only take one colleague and irritating boss to change the work environment completely. And you start to doubt if your work is being respected, is being correctly valued and you as person have been treated well. When these situations happen, and they might sooner or later, we can be put into an uncomfortable situation where we might rethink if the working part still gives us more enjoyment or are we falling into the drudgery. Highly sensitive people, and not just them, also tend to stay in the less comfortable situation longer because we simply have fears of change or failure. It is natural that spending longer time in unpleasant state can bring other issues like feeling physically not well, starting to have depressions, leading to burnout, etc. That is why it is so important to realize that there are possibilities how to get out of this unpleasant situation and find a solution. Here are a few tips from me that I found can work. First of all, some of us can find the situation even more difficult because we have a self-doubt or low self-confidence, which means that we first need to work on this. Now, it's of course a lesson on its own and it takes time to make some changes. I recommend to find help either in books, for example, as I mentioned many times before, the Undervalued Self book from Dr. Aaron is very good for this topic, or via a therapist, a close person who can give the initial support and help us feeling more confident. Now we have to find out where we actually are. Is it that we need to change the job totally? Is it something which can change only internally or is it something in the middle? In that case, we may firstly focus on the internal possibilities and if they don't change, we should have a look for the completely new option. In general though, what connects each of the above mentioned is the unknown in current position. No matter what, there is the fear of failure. We may feel that in the new job, we may fail in the new unknown requirements or we are not sure if we are even good enough to succeed. Or trying to change the situation in our current position, we may feel that even if we try, it won't help and we fail in our attempt to make a difference. The solution that we both, me and Elaine, agree on is very simple. No matter what, 
you lose nothing from trying. And even if you fail, all the people around have failed many times. The people that we consider as successful have failed so many times. And what made them successful, even if it was an interpersonal success, was that they were fighting and not giving up. The saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, really works here. So make a plan and set yourself simple goals that you wish to change. Look at your priorities and what in them you wish to change. It always depends on the particular case, of course, but for example, if it concerns something that your superior can change, like change of your position, your salary, your time workload, the amount of tasks you have, etc., try to talk about it with them and see what is their opinion about the situation. Or you can turn to HR and discuss what is bothering you as well with them. Maybe you will find out that they simply didn't see the same as you and will offer you a solution. If it is something regarding the office environment, maybe start with your colleagues and see if you can improve the surroundings together. If it's about their behavior, try to be very simple and explain your point of view. If they understand, you can discuss a compromise. If they don't understand or they don't want to, you can again try your superior or HR. If you see that no one from your organization is willing to help you or is willing to help the situation, it is really time to consider if another company could offer you better environment. If it is about the actual job itself and thinking of changing career focus completely, you can think about adding a transferring period, as I say, where you look for some educating tools to help you learn more about your new interest first and then slowly lean towards the new path. Now, in this case, you must remember that it will take time and you must make some compromises. It actually takes more confidence to make this choice and I recommend to really have some support in your partner, family or someone you trust to help you go through it, especially if your self-doubt is still present. But again, there is no harm in trying and even failures can move you forward and give you more experience than you think. This transforming period should be about making some sacrifices and slowly building up new knowledge and praxis through some books, courses, trainings, etc. to the new career path. You may have to consider the loses like degrees of your free time due to the necessity to spend more time with your current work but also with learning new things or later on the degrees of your income, of course, when you start your new career from the beginning. In the end, I have no doubt that many of people are happy with their calling being the activity they spend their free time while being extremely satisfied with their paid position. However, for a lot of people, it would be ideal if they could do both 
the inner calling as their paid job. But of course, that cannot be always easy and straightforward. For many of us, it might be difficult to find our inner passions and what we want to do. Or we simply wish to do more things and we are hesitating what to choose. Me, for example, I like nature and animals, yet I studied art and have worked in art. But I also find alternative medicine and lifestyle very, very appealing. That is, what is the right one? What is the ideal? Even I have not found it yet. And honestly, I'm not sure when I will find it. But I accepted that I have to make some temporary sacrifices together with learning my inner strengths to not be afraid and persuade what I really want and not end up somewhere because it's necessary for my living only. That's what the temporary sacrifices are for, as I mentioned before. I know some people that they were their whole life doing a job where more more or less they were happy. And nearly before the age of retiring, they found their inner passion and they changed their career path completely. See, each of us has their own path and I believe that it's mostly about acceptance, that you can in your own speed find what really resonates with you anytime if you wish to search for it and if you are open to it. But anyway... If you are struggling, don't worry about it. Don't be afraid to try different paths. As I suggested, try taking some courses or read books about topics you find interesting and see if the details can pull you even more into it. Or volunteer in organizations that are dealing with the certain area that you like and try to see if there is a possibility for you to actually progress to paid job. After all, take the advantage of your high sensitivity trait and don't be afraid to follow your inner intuition. If you fail or you find a certain path is not for you, it's also fine. Don't give up and see other chances. I strongly believe that if we are open to the possibilities, they will come to us. As you can imagine, finding an activity or occupation where we can both thrive in and also be properly rewarded for at the same time can sometimes be a long way. But there is definitely a possibility that we may find it if we take the chances in our hands and believe in ourselves. High sensitivity can definitely help us to be better at our work and make a difference in our world and that's wonderful to be reminded for this is all for today next time i will give you better insight into a book making work work for the highly sensitive people by dr barry jagger there are even more tips and tricks that can be used and i am looking forward to sharing them with you as usual please follow me on my instagram the great sensitive mind podcast if you have not done yet and my email address which you can find in the description is always open for any of the contacts as well 
Thank you for listening and being here with me. Have a lovely day. Bye.